Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate you being here. My name is Mike. This is my boy, Derek. What's up, Mike? What's up, everybody? How's it going, D? How you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's another yeah? fantastic Friday. Booking A. And uh, don't really have anything planned for the weekend, which is kind of nice, because I, I really want to sleep in. Oh, man. You're making me jealous, dude. I miss the days when I could sleep in. Oh, that's right. That doesn't happen ever for me. Yeah, you know, I forget those ages, you know, I mean, it only gets easier, but the, those yeah. younger ages definitely like, because my brother's in the same boat, he, yep. you know, and he's just, he's up at six. How old are your brother's kids? Uh, they are, um, let's see, five and two. All right. So they're sleeping through the night for the most part. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah, it's not like, babe, yeah, that's right, yours is much younger, of course, um, well, and, well, but and my other brother has has a younger one um, that's our, uh, three months. Our first boy, who's two and a half now, he had trouble sleeping through the night for quite a while, so for, goddamn, dude, the better part of a year, I think, we weren't sleeping through the night, and then that eventually went away, uh, and now he's sleeping through the night. He goes to bed about nine and sleeps all the way until sometime between six and seven is his normal wake-up time. The baby, who's now five months, uh, he obviously went through the super young baby, only a few weeks old kind of thing where he was waking up every couple hours to, to nurse. Um, but pretty early on, he started sleeping through the bulk of the night where he would go to bed at eight or nine and he'd sleep all the way until five or six or something like that before he was waking up hungry. And then uh, the wife would feed him and then he'd go back to sleep for a few hours. So he has been, knock on wood and with fear of jinxing myself, a fucking great sleeper. So we're we're doing better than we may be doing. We're certainly not sleeping well. I won't go that far, but we're we're not doing too bad. We're getting by. We're sleeping some. Yeah, you, that is definitely a blessing because we had the same thing. Esme has always been a good sleeper. Yeah. And we only heard that from like other mothers and stuff because like she would go to some mom groups and they would say like, Oh, is she sleeping? Yeah. She sleeps till nine. And they're like, oh, what? Or like eight, eight, maybe it was eight. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I know. I know it was like real early. She was on a really good schedule. I mean, but she would do the wake up thing. We had to go through the sleep training, which is basically not feeding them um, during that time and letting them cry to sleep. Uh, which is difficult. I think that starts around six months, but... Um, you did the cry-out thing, huh? I mean, we, we didn't have a choice, I think, uh, as far as... I mean, well, we didn't do the full cry-out thing. Like, neither of us had it in us to let the crying, like, just completely go. But so what we did was a five-minute check-in. All right. So if she was crying, if we put her down and she cries... We would wait a maximum of five minutes to go in and just say, it's okay. And we would say the same exact thing every time we go in. It's just like a script. We would say, it's okay, sweetheart. Go back to bed. I love you. And then just walk out. All right. And then um, just continue to do that every five minutes until they stop crying. Because then they still don't, they don't feel abandoned. They know that there's a free, uh, an interval of you coming in. And they also you know, kind of start mapping out that, 
well, if I'm going to cry, I'm going to be crying for another five minutes here. And he's just going to come in and say everything's okay and then walk out. Gotcha. And I'm never going to get what I think I'm going to get, which is they pick me up and and cuddle me and all that. Like, I'm not getting that. So the crying isn't paying off. It's just a waste of time. Yep. That's right. Uh, Yeah. 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 And the body starts to learn that, you know, I mean, it's like, Uh it's one of those things you just, you don't really have to teach. You, You have to teach by doing it. And then they see, they're like, oh, yeah, this is the pattern. Um, This pattern is not going to come to fruition. I'm just not going to cry. When they put me down, I'm just going to go to sleep. And it was hard. It was hard. But, like, you know, Megan was not able to handle it, and neither was I. I mean, but, of course, she was the one mostly feeding her. Sure, sure. Yeah. uh, And then the cry-out method is a singular term that has a lot of different meanings to everybody. Because we start talking to parents, because all parents just talk like, how are you doing it? Oh, my God, how are you doing it? Because no one knows how to do it. Yeah. And uh, everyone's everyone's uh, approach to the cry-out method uh, varies quite a bit. Some people are fucking cold, man, at least in my opinion, where they're just like, yeah, we just basically let him cry until he stops. Like, oh, man, does it ever go on a long time? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, sometimes he'll just cry bloody murder for fucking ever. And, you know, eventually he'll just cry himself out. We're just like, God damn, I, I could not do that. Uh, maybe we're weak, but that sounds cold as fuck to me. Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, you know, the, the five minute wasn't easy either because that's a long time, man, to sit and watch your kid cry for you, you know, like daddy, mommy. And you're just sitting there just like, we will not go in and address her cries for us. That's, that's tough. It is. And, and it would be, if you don't, when you do this teaching method of the five minute interval, like if you break your rules and you, you go in earlier or you, you're only messing with them, you want mm-hmm. them to learn that real quick. They're not number one, they're okay. And number two, they didn't abandon me, you know? Right. So that, right. but, and I agree with you. It's like, man, that I couldn't bear like more than, I mean, that five minutes was real difficult and Megan had to leave the house during this time too she couldn't listen to it it just isn't in her to be able to do that yeah so it was my job really you know but we knew we were doing the right thing just because we need our sanity too Mm -hmm. and there's a little bit of pain involved but well like you said you're you're doing the kid a favor by helping them learn to sleep better and all that's better for everybody even though it, it it can be a little tough uh incidentally and stuff um but overall it's better for the whole family you know exactly so. yeah and the the abandonment thing i mean that that's sad to me when it is they do just leave them in the, that because there's that feeling of being abandoned and i do think it's natural for people or fa- any family to sleep together like you know if you look at any animals in the wild they all sleep together uh-huh. and so yeah, it, it, huddled up in the cave yeah for sure yeah, anything, any any animal, basically, like mm-hmm. cats, dogs, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's it's natural to be like that. So, you know, it, it it's a little unnatural, I think, to to do that sleep that cry out method. But I don't know. I guess that's where yeah. humans differ. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we can apply logic to stuff, and we have a strategy, and we have to go to work the next day. So it's not like we can just uh, sleep whenever we want to. We kind of got to make sleep happen when we need it to. We've got to schedule it essentially. Uh, so we're a little different in that capacity. We built ourselves this uh, wonderful constraint of economic requirement that uh, means we have to work for the majority of the hours of our life. So 
we have to uh, fit on the fit all the other things in like eating and sleeping around our work requirements which fucking sucks uh go humans great job <laughs> well you could uh start a farm we could but then you got to fucking work more dude i mean farm hours are the gnarliest hours dude they're up before the sun and and fucking work until dark and and uh farm work is hard work man yeah i guess you're right you're, right yeah. i mean yeah yeah you're in charge of your own shit but goddamn, dude running a farm sounds hard unless you run like a small weak-ass farm then it's just a hobby but if you're really running like a uh, we need to support our family on the income of this farm's production. You're you're busting ass, man. That's true. You know, it intrigues me to do that. I've been looking. Yeah. It really does. I, I've been growing this garden in the backyard. Yeah. And I just love it. I just want to start putting seeds in the ground all over my backyard now. Derek and, Apple seed. <laughs> so, I mean, and then I'm looking at like, you know, I live in farmland country. So yeah. I'm like kind of looking at like, oh, let's see what farms are out there. Oh, so you're like driving past them as you're out and about going to the grocery store. You're passing giant fields of lush food crops and all kinds of stuff. Like I should be doing that. I'm salivating. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, man. I'm like, what crops are those? What are they planting right there in that big long row? I got to Dude, know. And then you think like gardening is probably one of those things where it's super fun and enjoyable and, and awesome as a hobby. But as soon as it becomes your your means of livelihood, is it fun anymore, or does it just become work? That's a good point. You know, everything's I, that way, right? I mean, you could think like, "Oh, sex is really awesome. I love sex." And then if you were a porn star and sex became your daily job, then you would just start looking at it again as like, "Ah, man, I gotta fuck all day again." Uh, man, can't wait till the weekend. <laughs> does well, it just become that no matter what you're doing? It could be, you know, the other, but there's another aspect to it. I mean, you really have a good fallback for you and your family. Yes, you need to sell some crops in order to get money, but right. you're covered in the food department. Unless you have a bad crop and some swarm of locusts eats all your corn that season and then you fucking starve to death. That's why you raise chickens. Oh, and yeah, hogs and cows. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, all that. So, yeah, you got to, like, I brought up the meat to Mike. Now you're like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, now I get now it. Now I'm hungry. Yeah, Dude, speaking meat. of meat. All right, all right, yeah, enough about this. Let's talk meat. Did you barbecue last weekend? You did. You had a barbecue for the 4th, right? I did. I did. Mm, tell me about it. What kind of meat did you cook, Derek? Oh, it was great. Um, <laughs> it was really good. So my dad made ribs, and oh. he really makes good ribs. I mean, they just fall off the bone. And he nice. cooks them over at his house, and he's got this special rub that he puts on them. It's like brown sugar, a whole bunch of spices, whatnot, oh, and a little what bit of What kind of ribs are we talking? Are we talking like pork ribs, beef ribs? Like, come on, come on. I think it's pork ribs. I think. I think. Man. I mean, they're small. They're uh, little yeah, ones. They're, they're pork ribs. Beef ribs are typically bigger. Yeah, it's not those big ones. All I just right. like the pork ones, and if that's what those are, I just... Some like those, baby back ribs or something. Oh, they were just phenomenal. Just tons of meat. Smoke them or cook them on a like a like a gas grill or a charcoal grill. Well, he he bakes them first, Ooh. and then brings them. He brought them over here, and then he threw them on um, to smoke them and give them more flavor over All right. here. So it was oh, a little he, kind just, of he a, just finished them off at your house. All yeah, right. he just finished them off. Yep, I like it. All right, so you had ribs. Did you do any cooking, or did your dad just do it all? Yeah, no, I mean. 
he kind of does the cooking because I, I'm not much into the barbecue really. Yeah. Um, but we also made, um, what was it? Uh, he corn, we did, uh, what kind of corn was that? The sweet corn, uh, silver queen corn. Whoa. And right. coincidentally, I just planted silver queen corn in my garden. So I'm going to have some of that uh, shit coming. Yum. Nice. Are those and, like full size big ears, like big tall stalks over your head? Or what, 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 what's that plant look like? Yeah. Right now, they are taller than me. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. They All have, right. uh, once they get a certain size, then they have like these oats come out of the top, kind of sprout out of the top. And then you start seeing the, where the corner the kernel of cob is coming in and it's All just right. a whole bunch of fibers like down on the on the stalk yeah. and um such a neat thing to to watch huh nice yeah so good barbecue your dad cooked ribs and some silver silver what corn uh silver queen corn silver queen corn and, and then, then a bunch of neighbors or just family or no it was just family it was uh my aunt and uh, my parents and All Esme right. and Megan, yeah. All right. I noticed you go with a very regal pronunciation of aunt instead of just aunt. You, you always you always say aunt? Do I? Or is it, uh, or, yeah, or is I it think just I her? do. Like, no. is she aunt and other ladies are aunt? Or, or <laughs> is every aunt an aunt? You know, I, I have that weird thing where I flip back and forth on those pronunciations. Um, Does it matter who you're talking about? Like, some of them deserve the respect of aunt, and other ones are just like, eh, it's Aunt Jenny. Yeah, I guess aunt would be a little bit more formal. A little more. Aunt. Yeah, yeah there's, more res- there's more respect infused in aunt, it feels like. Or then there's but, always but I do like say the, the more, and then there's the more familiar, like sweeter auntie. I do say aunt with my, uh, with my aunts around here. I get, oh, so that's right. um, my mother's so aunt status. All right. Yeah, so it's your like mother's aunt. aunts are aunts. Yeah, okay. so aunt. I don't know. I've said aunt. Maybe when I say it plural, I think I say ants. And when I say it singular, I'm like aunt. Uh, have you ever broken this down in your mind? Have you ever thought about how you pronounce pronounce aunt or aunt? I've been told that before. People would right. question me on that. Like, oh, that's an interesting pronunciation you have there. No, it's very, uh, it's very formal, very regal. It's a little British of you. A little bit. Yeah, and I do the uh, the and the a little bit too, the. I think. Yeah, I only say the in a sarcastic form where I'll just be like, it is the place to be. But I would never say it like, I think, earnestly. I don't know that I've ever said the in a non-smart-assy way. Maybe I'm wrong. How do you use the? I think I just switch it up. I, I don't know. I'm like, the the only way... Instead of the only way, I say the. Ooh. Oh yeah. That, okay, that sounds natural. All right. The maybe only way. The only way. So. The, ooh, maybe when you really mean it, like the only way I would do that, because uh, it really drives it home. Instead of the only way I would do that. All right. Yeah, it's like uh, right. it has more power behind it, huh? The. It does. Yeah. Yeah. You the mean that thus shit when thy. You say it. Ooh, thus. Yeah. That's uh, that's beyond me. Me thinks. Me th- <laughs> you know what bothers me? It made me think of our nanny. Uh, and a lot of things bother me about her. She's particularly on my shit list this week, but I won't get into that. Uh, she, she, she talks like a caveman to my, my son. 
where she'll be like, my, my son's name is Michael. And she'll say like, what does Michael want to do? Michael needs to listen to Gina. Michael wants to go over here and Gina wants him to do this. And I'm like, why are you talking to him like a caveman? Just say like, you need to do this. And I want you to listen to me. Like use normal language. Talk to him like a normal person. You don't need to say like, what does Michael want to do? Say, what do you want to do? That am is I a little just, bit odd. No, no, Am no, I a picky you, asshole or I, it just rubs me weird? No, like, no. Why are I you th- talking to him like a caveman? Yeah, no, I think you have a good point there. And, you know, that's one of those. How do you bring that up? Like, you can't it bring bothers up. me. What am I going to do? I'll be like, do not address him by his name. <laughs> like, that's, how, I don't do even know how to. Do not address yourself as it. me. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's weird. Like, yeah, just call yourself me. Don't call yourself Gina and call him you or, you know, like talk to him like you would talk to any other person, adult, child, anything. Like, do you go to the bank and just be like, Gina would like to withdraw money? No, you say I need to make a withdrawal. Right. I mean, you talk like yeah. a human in your other in the other parts of your life. Right. Why, why do you become a caveman when you're here? I, don't get I know it. a simple way to solve this. You just put a sign up on your door and you say no addressing yourself in the third person in this house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to post a rule. Oh, man. <laughs> Little shit like that. I, I, I Honestly, I hate having someone else involved in the raising of our kids. And it's necessary because the wife and I both work full time. So we have to have help. And the grandparents just aren't uh, a permanent daily option. Um, but it really sucks having someone else involved in the raising of your kids because little shit like that just bugs me where I'm just like, I want to address it. But, you know, you got to pick your battles and I don't want to make myself sound like a, a picky asshole, even though I am. Uh, so I'm not going to bring that up, at least, you know, not anytime soon. But it bothers me every time I hear it. And I'm just like, I don't like that. Stop calling him Stop addressing him like that uh, in the third person. Is that the way you'd say it? That's the third person address? I think so, yeah. I don't know. And, and you got a good point about like picking your battles too because really no matter who you get in there, there's going to be some shit. You know, either they're going to show it's going to be somebody that shows up late or somebody that does something, eats your food, eats all your food, or, I mean, they're going to have to eat some food, but... Uh, there's no, always going to be something, right? You're totally right, man. And the wife and I have talked about that before where it's like uh, uh, no one is going to be perfect. And no matter who we've got in there, we've had two two nannies so far. And both of them were great in some ways and, and annoying in others and just kind of bad in other ways. And, and I guess you, you just hope for a decent mix that's mostly bad. I mean, mostly good. Um, but... Yeah, no one, no one is going to be uh, everything that you want them to be. They're all going to, they're all going to suck in some way. And I guess that's true. Get uh, true about people across the board. I mean, I certainly suck in some ways. I'm sure you do. I mean, pretty much everyone's got some sucky aspects of them. But uh, it sucks to expose your kids. It sucks to pay someone to expose your kids to shitty stuff like that. You're like, hey, I'm paying you. Address him the way I'd like you to address him. But that's not really a realistic thing to ask someone. I don't think. Um, so no, weird. yeah, it, that's one of those things. You, you're right. You just can't bring that up. I guess it's yeah, not. Yeah, it's, it would make me sound like a dick, right? Just be like to address that. I don't know how to do it nice. I'm really not good at uh, addressing things like that nicely or subtly. Um, my wife is good at that. I am not. I, I know how like to do it. I, I, I try to do that. Yeah, my wife is good at that too. She can uh, address anything that bugs her. Really. I don't know how but she, she does can it do in it. a subtle, nice way. Like she doesn't come off like a dictating asshole. Yeah, she does. Right. No, she ah. she's pretty good at it. I mean, yeah, no, she's she doesn't come off uh, 
like real ego driven it's it's pretty pretty good i'm kind of impressed by it but i know how to solve this what you do is you have me come over sometime okay and i'm there when she's arriving okay and she's never met me before right and i am addressing michael like Ooh, michael want to play with derek derek here (laughs) play with derek michael here and i and i like totally exaggerate the whole caveman thing okay. up to the point where she's like "Ooh, that's just disgusting oh and then okay. and then you say oh hi uh felicia whatever her name is this is derek derek this is felicia oh hi you know so having oh and then maybe never... you do it to her you're just like derek glad to meet you felicia <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a that's a good twist right there derek right. glad to meet felicia <laughs> And then I pound my chest. Yeah. Derek, Felicia. like Felicia. Derek, oh, my God. Derek, like Felicia. Derek. Derek, glad to meet Felicia. Derek, oh, like man. banana. Derek, like perfect oh, banana. Oh, my God. Oh, Derek, only eat perfect banana. Felicia, get Derek good banana. Only best banana for Derek. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, so we we're on this. to we something. Gotta, yeah. You have to fly all the way out to California uh, just to... Just to uh, conduct this ruse that is a tough uh order that is tough but you could uh, maybe you could pay somebody to do it oh. what did it cost a hundred bucks you know just get somebody off the street like look i know this is weird but i'm gonna go pick is. up one of those like day laborer guys at home depot <laughs> just like all right uh i've got a weird one for you today man i'll give you a hundred bucks for the day and it's only going to take like 10 minutes but i need you to address yourself in the third person when my nanny arrives. And they'll be like, okay. Uh, all right, so you're going to be like, Julio, Julio, good to meet you, Gina. And uh, yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine trying to explain that to, uh, to a day laborer. Yeah, that would be fun. That might be difficult because you're going to have to. you know what I should do? Oh. I should get an actor, like uh, some struggling yeah. actor who's not getting any work and just be like, hey, dude, uh, I got a job for you. I need you to talk about yourself in the third person and create this scenario and uh i mean what would what would an out-of-work actor charge for that you know one hour of work or something i give him like a hundred bucks that'd be that'd be a yeah, decent yeah. A decent rate right uh-huh a hundred bucks and honestly an actor wants to be on film too uh-huh. so you just oh. say like oh yeah i'm gonna film it too or whatever i don't I, know i've got a nanny cam i'll just be like here sit here on the couch you're being filmed and action yeah because they like to build up their portfolio oh okay all right this particular piece of footage is just shot in that like fucking eagle's eye lens or that wide angle like that that weird like nanny cam lens like concave bubble feature thing on the on the you know what i mean that would be funny yeah that would be hilarious i I gotta see that i hope that comes that i hope you do that (laughs) i'm gonna tell my wife about this like i got a plan we're gonna eliminate this caveman talk and here's how and she'll be like you're fucking stupid What, what's going to be funny is when the next thing does that you annoy her and you come up with some other weird plan to get her to stop doing that too. And I'll, get, I'll, I'll get the same actor. She'll be like, hey, we met. He'll, he'll just be my guy. He'll just be my guy. I'll call him again and be like, hey, Steve, you did such a bang up job on that last bit. I got a new one for you. All right. Oh, man. Ugh. The nanny keeps on wearing shorts that are too long. I need, I need you to address these shorts. They're, they're not shorts. They're capris. I need you to come over and help me address these capris. They're bugging me. So, uh, action. 
he comes over with some Belvino Prepino yeah. Capris or yeah. something. Yeah, I'll just keep giving him these weird <laughs> like, <laughs> out there things. I this, think is like, uh, <laughs> this is like Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry David kind of shit, you know? Yeah, it is. It is kind of a devious plan. It is. I don't know it who is. came I, up with this. I, dude, I'm trying to make some weird point that I should never bring up anyway, but I have to address it because it bugs me so much and I just don't know how. No, you, you got your rights. You got your rights. Uh, man. Yeah. I've got no rights. Uh, I, I've got nothing. I, I feel powerless to change these things in my life that bother me so much. And it's like, dude, we're always walking this tightrope to where it's so hard to find a nanny right now. Uh, uh, shit, when we were first looking for a nanny, right in the peak of the COVID times, dude, my wife and I were convinced that, oh, it must be because of COVID. Like, uh, uh, people just don't want to work in other people's homes. You know, that's why we can't find a nanny. It was so hard to get any applicants. And now I'm pretty sure it's just because everyone's fucking kicking back on high unemployment payments yeah. right now. And we, we can't find shit. Uh, we keep our eyes out, you know, just for, for other candidates and, and that sort of thing. And there's just no applicants. So It's so crazy we, to me. If I was to breach this subject and it go badly and she's like, you know what? You can't tell me not to talk like a caveman. That's the way I talk. Good day, sir. And quits on me and walks out. Like, we'd be fucked, man. We can't find another nanny. So I'm always kind of got that in the back of my head. Like, ah, I can't ask her not to talk like a caveman because uh, she might quit. And then... And then what will we do? So I just have to silently, begrudgingly tolerate the caveman talk because I'm a fucking prisoner in my own home. Ba- babysitters used to be like one of those jobs you could just kind of always get, right? You just go to, not sitter.com, but whatever that one site is. And I thought we you use, could always... Uh, we use care.com. Yeah, care.com. That's what I was thinking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. When we first looked for a nanny, when, when our first boy was first born, before COVID was a thing, there were tons of applicants. I mean, it was it was a chore to sift through applicants, and now it's the uh, fucking complete opposite. We've got nobody, and we're just like, hey, look, this person applied. They've only killed three children. Like, maybe they're a nice person. You know, I mean, we're, we're just scraping the bottom of the barrel on nanny applicants. So, it, and is it reflected in the price that they want to? Do they want they want crazy rates, dude? Even people with like virtually no good experience, or you know, they're fucking seventeen or whatever. The few people who do want to work are like, oh, and I charge twenty five dollars an hour. We're like, yeah, right. You're yeah. a child yourself, and they're fucking. They'll put stupid things like, all right, so so the the person you can tell in their picture is a teenager, seventeen, eighteen years old, something in that ballpark, and they'll put things like, I have eight years nanny experience, and. I'm no mathematician, but you've been a fucking nanny since you were 10. Like, really? Uh, And then as you read into their description of their experience and things like that, it's, oh, I grew up helping raise my brothers and sisters. Um, Yeah. Okay, that's not nanny work. Uh, Helping your mom change diapers here and there uh, is not being a nanny. It's not being individually responsible for the upbringing of of kids. You know, you, you were an older sibling. And sure, maybe you did some stuff, but that's not nanny experience. And the fact that you listed that as nanny experience totally disqualifies you from the job, in my mind. Good good point. Yeah, you don't right? have the wherewithal to... Oh. Uh, to y- differentiate y- helping out in your own family versus a real job. And we're, we're, we're starting off on a, a disagreement. 
Like yeah. you're saying that you have this, and I'm saying bullshit. Yeah, and I don't you want to don't. start off at that being like, oh, so you have no experience? Oh no, no, no. I've 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 got about eight years experience being a nanny. Oh, well, I help raise my my brothers and sisters. Like, yeah, no, I mean being a nanny where someone was paying you to do this work full time. Do you have any of that experience? Well, I help raise my brothers and sisters. Okay, it was nice meeting you. We'll keep your information on file. Thank you. Yeah, I don't want to go in those circles. No, but honestly, right now we're so desperate. I'll just be like, please take anything. Here's my wallet. Will you work for us? <laughs> And people are paying uh, you to even take uh, interviews now. I get these emails. What? It's like, yeah, I get, got an email yesterday. Hey, we'll pay you $250 an interview with us. Dude, hiring is such a bitch right now. It, it's like that in, in Tennessee, too. And Well, this God was online. It's in the, it, it is like that in Tennessee, too, because I went to um, a breakfast place over here, IHOP, with my mm-hmm. dad a few months ago, even, and... They had a sign right when you walked in and said, hey, sorry if you have to wait, but we can't find anybody to work. Wow. Dude, I notice that everywhere I go now, I see help wanted signs and they'll advertise the rate like $15 and up an hour at like a jack in the box or whatever, you know, like just the most basic job. And, and yeah, they're, they're out there advertising rate like basically, please, and does anybody want to work essentially is, is what's going on out here. Um, and I think the answer is... No, a lot of people are just chilling on unemployment, um, you know, and, and uh, I don't I don't know the nuts and bolts behind it. Probably shouldn't talk about stuff I don't really know. But I thought the extra covid kicker has been ended to where unemployment's just back to what it was. Right. Or is that maybe a state by state thing where some states are kicking in a little extra unemployment still because of covid or no, it's federal, I, I, I think I thought. Well, they were, right? So there was a kicker. I mean, and that was still back when Trump was president. There was like a $600 a week kicker, which is a fuckload of a kicker. Um, But I'm pretty sure that ended uh, from a federal level. Maybe there's still some kicker. There's a kid kicker now, I think. Yeah, I think there's a a, a kid kicker or something like that Mm. where, man, um, yeah, now you're getting money for just for your having kids. And, um, no, it's what's weird is like the people that are qualifying for this have jobs and they have well p- good paying jobs. And I, I mean like it. over 100,000 and they're Aye. still getting this extra money and I'm just thinking like okay, number 1, you don't need that extra money. You're doing fine. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you don't need Oh, I got a check for 2500 bucks. Like really, what'd you do with it? It's my, it's our tax money. Like you're yeah. getting that for free. I, that's is that why I'm paying taxes to give a hundred somebody who makes over a hundred thousand a year yeah. uh, assistance because you don't need it. You don't and then need it. it, yeah. it you it went does, on vacation last week, Bob. You, you don't need you don't need money from the government. Like seriously. Yeah, and then my pool guy um, when he came over about a month ago, he was like, "Yeah, I'm getting another stimulus check um, in a couple of weeks." That was maybe two months ago. So like, like a month and okay. a half ago, I guess he got that and. You know, he got another stimulus. I don't get it because I think I'm over some threshold. Yeah, but whatever that household income is, uh, the wife and I are over that too. And all through this whole thing, everyone keeps telling us like, "Oh, did you get your stimulus check? Or what are you guys doing with your stimulus yeah, check?" That's what my I answer is always like, "I've never got a penny. I, I, I don't get them, and I'm glad about that." I mean, free money is awesome, but if you're over the threshold of being given free money from the government. You're doing something right, and I'm I'm happy with that. I'm I'm glad that we've never got a penny. I am too, right? And yeah, and you know this this goes to the bigger kind of um, 
not debate. Well, there is a debate about it, about whether we're facing inflation or deflation right now. And you have some people saying that we're facing deflation. And what deflation is, is it means your dollar buys more goods. So $1 can buy more of something. And inflation is when your dollar buys less of something. So like, you know, we experience that as like the price of eggs going up or the price of meat going up. And it's really not that the eggs or meat go up. Sometimes it is. But in inflationary scenario, the price of the dollar actually goes down. So everything else gets more expensive. Okay. And what I was listening to, you know, I've listened to a lot of people because how you manage your money through an inflation or deflation is very different. And um, through an inflation, you definitely would not be bad investing in gold and silver. Of course, you wouldn't be bad investing gold and silver uh, through a deflation either. That's not going to hurt you either. But it's kind of always a good investment. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's not really gold and silver is not really an investment per se. It's more of an insurance policy. But sometimes it can be an investment because the prices do fluctuate like during uh, hyperinflation or Mm -hmm. inflation scenarios or shortage scenarios, which we may be facing with silver at some point here in the near future. Mm. Um, But my answer got got my question got answered when. I see all the people looking for people to, to work. It, yeah. To me, it's an inflationary scenario because there's too much money out there. So people have too much money. That's why the price of goods are going up because people are buying all the lumber. People are buying all the copper. People are buying. So since, since everybody's buying it, it's the dollar is like less, I don't know. The, yeah, the goods yeah, are worth more. And so regardless the of how much lumber you can buy for a buck, uh, you got to have a buck and there's people out there who are choosing not to work. Obviously all these businesses like IHOP and, and the businesses I pass while I drive around all over the place are all trying to pay people for work. They need employees, they need labor and they're out there like, please take our money. We need to hire people. But so many people don't want to work for that money. And the answer has to be, they've got enough money. They don't need money because no one works because they want to work. Everyone works for money. So if people are just kind of like, not willing to go work, they must be doing just fine. And the only answer there is they're making plenty of money doing what they're doing, which is nothing, right? I mean, so they're making plenty of money on unemployment, which I don't understand. Um, Unemployment really isn't very much money. So there must be kickers in place in some form or fashion. uh, Because I remember I was on unemployment for a while, years and years and years ago. And if I remember right, dude, it was like $400 a week or something, uh, which that's enough to keep you alive, but that's nothing to build a life on. I mean, you'd be, yeah. you'd be hard-pressed just to pay rent, let alone buy food and do all the other life necessities, especially if you have a family on $400 a week. So how is everyone just turning down job opportunities and going, nope, I'm good. I don't want to go to work. They must be making more than that that standard $400 a week unemployment. Well, right? also in some cities, they have moratoriums because of the lockdowns where you don't have to pay rent. Oh, so, oh, dude, see all that kind of shit. So essentially fucking COVID coddling, uh, for lack of a better term, is causing all these businesses to go understaffed and uh, causing us to be stuck with a nanny and not able to find a better one. 
Yes, that's Fucking right. COVID, man. Another thing well, COVID has fucked up. COVID well, sucked, man. Well, the question is, is why, why is all this money being sent to people that don't need it? Don't it, s- seem like they need it. I mean, definitely, bad. I know it, people that don't need it. Oh, dude, totally. I mean, uh, I don't know about the majority. I don't know if that's the right word or whatever, but a fuckload of people are getting benefits and discounts and money that they just don't need. They're, they're doing fine. They're still working. Um, I don't know anyone anymore that's out of work and can't find a job or someone who lost their job because of COVID. You know, when all these businesses closed because of COVID, uh, restaurants shut down and everything shut down. Sure, lots of people were out of work. I totally get that. We've got to insulate our economy from that sort of like mass layoff situation. But that's not the case anymore. So w- what are we fucking doing? I'm no economist. I'm I think I know. Political. Uh, what the fuck, man? You ready for the conspiracy corner? Oh yeah, we need intro music for conspiracy corner. Conspiracy corner. It needs like alien uh, UFO sounds. Like okay, and Derek's conspiracy corner now. I think that they are trying to usher in a universal basic income, which rides on a digital dollar. And a U.S. digital dollar is tied directly to the Federal Reserve, so it cuts the banks completely out of the system. Your money comes straight from the Fed. You have have an account with the Fed. So um, I think that's what it is. Because if if you get people uh, on the (laughs) T, if you get them on the T, they're not going to want to leave the T. And then what you say is, okay, if you want to stay on the T, you need to download this app and get your money through this Federal Reserve digital dollar. All right. So it's basically like uh, government credits. Uh, you'll no longer be paid unemployment benefits or whatever government benefits in the form of dollars. You'll be paid in in uh, Biden bucks or government credits, essentially. It'll so, it'll be uh, akin to cash, potentially. All right. I mean, but it's only... But like food stamps, it's only good for certain things, I imagine, that they, they would be in charge of, right, in this scenario? They, they could do that. They could do uh, right. one of the blockchain um, cryptocurrencies where here's this cryptocurrency, you get rations for food. This cryptocurrency, you can go and spend over here. And they'll, I could see a, a scheme like that. Um, ultimately, mm. with this kind of system, the people lose, ultimately, in my opinion. Well, Um, I mean, businesses would be strangled. I mean, if people are already proving that they prefer handouts to working for their own money, uh, which is sad, but obviously true. Um, So in this scenario, people are just going to be continually uh, suckled by the government and no one's going to want to go to work. So businesses are just going to fail. I mean, it's already a problem. And if it just becomes more people are, you know, on the government teat, then businesses are just going to fucking fold up, right? They're not going to find anyone who wants to work. Yeah, that's right. And then mm. and then we turn it I mean, that turns into socialism, which uh history has proven over and over socialism turns to communism. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the fear. That's my fear. All right. Yeah, all that sucks, man. Um you know, that, that yeah. all just sucks. It uh, does. I'm no political guy. I'm really not. Uh but I do like the free market society that we uh, at least pretend to have. I, I know it's not a pure free market and all that. And I, I, I'm from what I know about pure 
free markets. I'm glad it's not a pure free market. We do need regulation and all that kind of stuff. But uh, we need to at least have the semblance of free market enterprise because that's what makes America awesome, right? I mean, people come here for opportunity and the chance to get rich and the chance to enjoy the fruits of your labor and and the excitement of being a part of a market and the competitiveness and all that fun shit. Uh, I don't think anyone wants to live in a goddamn like Russia. And if they do, Russia's there. So go like move to Russia. Um, and the other thing, too, it it widens the gap between the rich and the poor even further. Yeah. Because you, you don't get rid of the super rich and powerful. But what this does is it starts to decimate the people that you know that are like millionaires right now. Sure. Like that's where the hyperinflation, if we are hyperinflating, the money you have in the bank, you know, lop off uh, three zeros from the, from that. And that's, you know, could be what you're sitting with uh, if we face a hyperinflation scenario, which is scary, which means the people that have millions in the bank, when they lose the three digits, then they're done. They're basically as poor as everybody else. So it really levels the playing field in it, and it does more harm to humanity than it does good. Uh, yeah, of course. And I guess we're seeing the early signs of that. I hope we turn that around. Because um, I don't know, dude, it, uh, it it seems like a bad thing for people just to be incentivized not to work. I don't like where that leads. Um, yeah, it can't go anywhere good. I, no. You got idle hands, you know. Um, not trying to get all religious or anything, but what there's some saying about idle hands in the Bible and, um, you know, yeah, it's just, it's going to lead to trouble. It's, it's going to absolutely lead to trouble. It's already leading to trouble. Derek had to wait for his pancakes at IHOP and that's unacceptable. I was there for like 30 minutes before they took my order. Uh, no. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's not good. I mean... That's that's not good for anybody. You just stop going out soon. I mean, no one's going to sit and wait fucking 30 minutes for, you know, mediocre pancakes. It's just not happening. Yeah, not going to happen. Yeah, no, no, no. I will not be back, sir. Hire more people. Pay them anything. No one wants to work <laughs> for what they're paying. It's fucking nuts. Anyway, that's enough yeah. political stuff. Do we solve all the world's problems? I think we did. Yeah, I think we're on track. Yeah. All right. It's weird, dude. I enjoy these kind of conversations with you because they're absent of any political bias. Um, at least it feels that way. Um, I'm not a super political guy. I don't know if you are, but I enjoy talking about it. Uh, I also like enjoy talking about it with people who are very, uh, set in their ways or bias or influenced by one, one side's media messaging and the other. Uh, it's just fun. I enjoy hearing what people think. And then I usually walk away from it going like, huh? Yeah. That guy's out there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's typically Um, how that goes, but it's fun. I enjoy it. Yeah. It, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that, um, what was it? I think it was Thomas Jefferson that said, uh, okay, I'm going to get this right. Eternal vigilance is the price for freedom. So you have to be vigilant on what's going on around you. And if you're not vigilant, then you're going to lose your freedom. And that's kind of, uh, um, I've, I've learned, learned that. And I think that, uh, anyway, I don't want to go back into a doom and gloom scenario, but I am scared for the future. Yeah. Ah, we'll be all right. Americans are resilient. We'll, uh, we'll correct. We may go through a funk and we're in a funk now. We may kind of dive a little further into the funk before we realize like, Hey, we funked it all up and then, uh, we'll pull ourselves out. We've been through worse. Yeah. I'm optimistic. We, we, 
you're right. We do have a, um, the society in the United States can come together, and I feel like we need to. We need to come together and like so be I'm in kind it of on together. On the other side, like I, I feel like I don't know that we'll ever come together. I don't know that we've ever come together to a complete extent. But I feel like the a cordial separation is what's in need is what we're in need of because the the compromise that comes from two sides being willing to work together is essentially what has made us so prosperous. Um, if either of the sides had their had their way entirely, we'd be super fucked in different ways. Um, but the compromise between the two when they're willing to work together is how we've got through all of our hard times, how we've how we've done everything, right? Um, so the push pull of different opinions makes America what it is. And for me, it's the unwillingness to even be reasonable in negotiations or talks about sensitive subjects is where is where we're most glaringly fucked because uh, we have to be willing to listen to the other side uh give and take you know what i mean like right now each side the left and the right treats the other side as if it's entirely wrong and entirely bad but no one's entirely wrong and entirely bad i'm sure the left has some good points here and some bad points there the right has some good points here some bad points there and they need to be willing to uh say yeah you got a point about this but you're off your rocker on this point so let's at least agree on the point we can both agree on like okay cool check that box we've got that accomplished now let's talk about other things but for now if anything is marked with the brand of left uh the right will be entirely against it even if it's something the right proposed or supported in past or supports ideologically there's just no compromise there's no logic there it's just like oh wait a minute uh that idea that we've always loved oh now it's a left idea yeah no we hate that idea now like oh okay we're all just a bunch of fucking children see i i think that what you just outlined right there is the most popular belief of the political panorama that exists. And I don't think it exists that way. People think that there's one side versus another. And I think that ultimately that's somewhat of an illusion. All right. And uh, the, the two sides are very often working together on the most important things that they need to uh, agree upon. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things that you won't see them discuss and um, in any kind of manner. And it's like, uh, the reason is, is because they, they don't want to stop war. They don't want to, there, there's some very critical things that um, are not addressed. And oh, yeah. I mean, war is good for business, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. War is good for business. And um, owning, the government being owned is good for business. So while we may see an illusion of two sides, I don't really see it that way so much. I think that's the illusion that that they want that is portrayed, but okay. I don't think that's what actually how things actually work. All right. Well, I, I'm sure there's some truth to that. So I think they create a dog and pony show to bring people into the mire of disagreement. And they get us so busy fighting amongst ourselves, arguing about... That's right. Um, piddly shit that they're able to uh it's almost like a sleight of hand they've got us over here looking at one hand going "Ooh, isn't that amazing while they're actually pulling the major strings um outside of our view the super wealthy own everything and if they can 
you know, the, the one battle that they wouldn't be able to handle is the little people against the super wealthy who, who own everything, by the way. Um, right. The most advantageous standpoint for them, the super wealthy, would be if, if the little people fought themselves. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it totally makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Dude, then I get along those, like, thought trajectories, and it's kind of like, yeah, totally, all that's totally true. And then I just come back to my my small sphere of of focus, which is just my family, my, my, my friends, my small sphere that I actually care about. And uh, it makes me feel better than the big picture, because the big picture is so out of my control, so out of my uh, field of influence, it feels like, um, that it feels nice and cozy just to just to retreat back into my small sphere of comfort with my family and my friends and my job and my community and that kind of thing. And just say like, all right, if I just focus here, it makes me much happier. Um, make the people around me happier, be a good member of my community. And, and that directly impacts my, my surroundings and my happiness level. And I, I like to retreat back to that, that, uh, little comfort sphere. Do you That's, do that too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, um, I love my house. I love my family. I love spending time with my house and my family. And yeah, you just kind of just, you don't get involved in the big picture and yeah, you don't experience any of the stuff that they talk about on the news really. Uh, oh God, fucking news. I mean, it sounds so cliche to be like, I don't watch the news. Um, anyone who says that, uh, is totally watching the news. Um, and I think the honest truth, if I try to be honest with myself, I am more, uh, impacted by by left-wing news than I am right although I do make a conscious effort to dabble in both I try to I try to limit the amount of news that I watch especially like network cable news like the CNNs and Foxes um but it's inevitable that you watch them sometimes and I do watch the CNNs and lefty news more although it bothers me uh because they become so blatantly one-sided and biased that uh it's just annoying um fox news for me has always been that way but i still watch fox just because i like to see i like to see both sides perspective and i know that the the truth or at least a moderate opinion is somewhere in the middle of what they're both saying so i do like to watch both extremes um but i I guess overall like news is just annoying on both fronts you know Um, All, all of it uh, at that, I mean, you got to understand who owns these things, right? These oh, yeah. are literally the largest corporations in the world that are, they, they don't have any allegiance to the United States. No, and they have allegiance they, to their own bottom line. And, and uh, yeah, they're trying to build legions of followers and frequent viewers. So they create these um, comfort zones for these people, for everyone. And they, they give them a reason to compartmentalize themselves and buy into their their messaging and then they're attached they use fear tactics to keep them within that bottle and uh that builds a consistent viewer base and that's their business model it's smart of them to do that yeah and it's on all sides it's it's some form of propaganda totally getting getting the masses to believe their view well, so, okay, so propaganda, as I understand it, is a government trying to influence a population uh, mentally and, and behaviorally through tailored messaging. But, and I'm sure there's some of that in these 
CNNs and Foxes, these major network news channels. But more of it seems to be their own programming being tailored to people that are that are likely to think along one end or the other. And they're just giving them what they want to create more viewers who watch longer because then that sells commercial space. So it's just the same old like network business model. And instead of, you know, showing them uh, reality TV or a cooking show, they're showing them news. But the goal is all the same to create more viewers who watch longer to sell more advertising. Yeah. And that's, well, just, and, and, that's and how networks make money. There, there's also, a, I think, a tight control of what specifically is said. There's, there's uh, subjects you you cannot talk about uh, that, well, that they yes. will not want you to talk about. Because so it's not really journalism. It's not true journalism. Oh no, 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 no! It's not. But I think the goal is not so much uh, influencing behavior or affecting political outcomes. Like I don't think it's propaganda y in that sense. I think it's more just. We need to talk about this because this promotes viewership and we can't alienate our viewing audience. So we need to give them more of what they like and keep them connected to us with fear. Um, so we need to lock them into our channel and uh, politics is their tool to do it. I disagree. I do think that um, they're trying to influence politically. I think there's nothing more precious than uh, being able to influence uh people's decisions and their beliefs there's really nothing more powerful than to what garnering end? the control of so do you people think CNN, to so do you get think your CNN, own agenda pushed through so do you think like cnn their true goal was to get you to vote for joe biden or was their true goal to create more viewers around the push for joe biden to sell advertising no, no, they, they wanted you to vote for Joe Biden. Why? What do they care? Because the people that own that, uh, the campaign are also in cahoots. They also have an ownership or some kind of stake in the media. Okay. So how do they benefit from Joe Biden being president? They're guys in control. They're running amok. Yeah, I mean, even when their guy wasn't in control, like when Trump was in office, he did nothing but shit on CNN. And uh, it just drove them further to the left. And I wonder if that affected them revenue wise. I guess it probably had to. But then it probably even benefited them in some ways because some people ditch CNN because they were on the Trump train and they were like, Trump hates CNN, so I hate CNN, so I'll never watch again. So I'm sure they lost some viewers to that divide. But then they probably also gained some religious viewers because lots of people on the left side hated Trump so much that a network that was almost entirely dedicated to uh, Trump sucks messaging um, would have been more frequent viewers. So they would they would have locked into their viewer base more. They would have lost the fringe people, the Trump people, but they would have gained all these left people. And I, I wonder if that ultimately affected them in a positive way or a negative way. I think there's I so much going on behind the scenes that like trying to summarize it in one sentence is just not possible. And and that's part of the problem that I have with the news too. The news tries to, to deliver you a package with a, a silver bow on it and say, hey, here, this is what's going on. This is what you need to believe about the situation. And there's there it's an influence operation. But really, 
like the the nuts and bolts of what's going on is so can be so complex and so convoluted and and who knows what some of the reasoning is behind it uh that you you just can't really summarize it sometimes i don't think yeah no no i think you're right uh and hmm yeah it's gross it really is gross because the latter part of what you said how um uh how these news networks manipulate oh i'm sorry how they they tell you what happened and then they tell you what you need to believe about what happened uh is the frustrating part the second half of that is not part of journalism obviously no one's going to argue that um it would be nice if there were news outlets that were purely hey here's what happened um and I don't know if that's really possible, but it would certainly be preferable to the, hey, here's what happened, and then we're going to tell you our opinion of that and how you should think about that for 90% of our airtime. It's like one little fact or one little occurrence, and then tens of, uh, just tons of hours of commentary on how they feel about what happened. And I would rather have uh, all that time devoted to other things that have happened. Um, yeah, just just give me the facts. Just the yeah. list list of facts. Yeah. Like uh, this was said, oh, this happened. This leg- this legislation was signed. And uh, in other news, here's something yeah. that happened in a different part of the world that may also be of interest to you, um, because yeah. American politics is not the only thing fucking happening. Yeah, not not this is what you should think about it, or this is this is our position on on that thing. No, just there was a another car bomb in Baghdad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, interesting. Oh, there was I, an earthquake in uh, Somalia. Or oh, hey, there's a uh, giant wildfires in California. Um, there's all sorts of things. Maybe good news yeah. too, because it, it does all just tend to be bad news, because that's better for uh, for viewing longevity and all the things they make money off of. It's really gross, dude. Because information is key. I want to know what goes on in the world, but it makes me work so hard to seek things out uh, that uh, I don't think most people go through that. Most people, I think, on mass, as sad as it is, uh, rely on like Facebook feeds, um, which are so self-serving uh, and so compartmentalizing that it perpetuates the problem that we're faced with. And censored. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. And, and completely baseless. I mean, there's no accountability for things that are posted on Facebook. You know what I mean? At least a major network news channel can be held accountable to some extent, maybe not enough, but certainly some. If they were to say something that was so untrue, they would be held accountable to some extent. Uh, And in a lot of cases, they've had to apologize or retract or something like that. But none of that exists on Facebook or social media, you know, so that that source of information is gross compared to the also gross uh, major, major news networks. Um, but like the Facebooky, socially kind of news uh, sources are um, beyond gross. Yeah, and yeah, the the censorship is really the most concerning to me. Is them censoring things, and and the thing is, is that they they censor things that turn out to be to have been true in the future, and and that's this is part of the problem. Is like who who should be held liable for that if they're that's, censoring? That's a weird it? one. So, like, in theory, like, say some some wacko uh, creates some prediction, and they say something that's totally outlandish and not true and speculative and, and incendiary and all these things where it's like, hey, what this guy is saying is riling people up for no reason. It's baseless, and we should censor that. And then uh, some amount of time later, that thing becomes true. Um, 
Was that guy a hero or was he a nut who just happened to hit a target accidentally? And either way, he got censored. So you would never have seen what he was mm-hmm. saying. And if if what he was telling you could have been uh, beneficial information for you at the time and you didn't see it because they didn't want you to see it. Like, what, what are we walking down the road towards a, a communist society? Because that's what it feels like. It feels like we're losing our right to right. free speech. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. There's definitely an argument to be made there. But on the wacko who just kind of threw a dart at the, uh, you know, outlandish claim target and luckily hit one, there's 10 other claims that are equally ridiculous that never turn out to be true. Should we also be subjected to those? Do those guys all have the same the same right to disseminate false information and, and stuff like that? I mean, I think the answer is yes, or should be yes, because... Even if someone's saying something that's ridiculous and untrue, they should still have the right to say it, right? Like buyer beware. We should be left to uh, determine if this person is credible, if we care what they're saying. Um, people should be free to say whatever they want. Yeah, we we all need to use our own discernment to figure out what is true or false. And we have to look at everything questionably. We can't well, just say, oh, that they said that. Oh, okay, that's true. We well, can't do that. a little weird, that. too. Because I think now it's so easy to masquerade as a legitimate information source, um, where it, it used to be like TV was the only way to, you know, TV or radio was the only way to give out a message to the masses. And you had to be fairly legitimate to make it to the point where you were on a radio station or one of the handful of TV networks. Um, now that's not the case. Uh, cable made it wide open, and then the internet made it fucking wide open, where anyone in their underwear in their mom's basement can make themselves look like a legitimate information resource, right? I mean, it's just a graphic and a Facebook group or whatever. Uh, so that makes things a little weird, where information is no longer like, hey, this individual is saying this wacky shit. Now it's like, hey, this... Uh, information source is saying wacky shit and that source is presenting itself as a legitimate information uh channel i think the dangers of squashing free speech are much more uh precipitous or much more dangerous than the danger of um stupid people that don't use their own discernment to figure out whether something's true or not well and uh historically there has been no shortage of super biased, totally flat out false information pushing information resources and publications in American history. Like through the revolutionary times and the early political campaigns and all that kind of stuff, um, newspapers that were super, super unapologetically on one side or the other used to say things about candidates or just say things about political situations that were entirely untrue and uh, way more so, just as much, if not more so, than than is out there now, masquerading as legitimate information resources like real legitimate newspapers and, and magazines and stuff, because there was no internet or TV back then, obviously. Um, they were totally doing the same thing back then, and we made it through that just fine. Uh, we relied on people's ability to make up their own minds. And while there's certainly some nonsense out there, uh, adults have to be left to sort out the shit because that's just what life is anyway. There's a quote, and I'm going to botch it, but it's like the, um, the best response to a shitty idea is a better argument. 
And right. and that's that's how you get through uh, the nonsense is that, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just say you can't just have one group that says, oh, I, I'm going to censor that because I'm doing the discernment for you. Mm. Like, wh- yeah. who is that? Why are they more better at discernment than I am? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, that's, oh, that's yeah, that's interesting. Like, they're, they're just people, too. They're not all knowing or all powerful. They're they're benefiting from manipulating what they determine to be true and false. So why would we trust them? They should be less trustworthy than someone who's just um, applying their own logic with no uh, no benefit one way or the other. That's right. Are, are, yeah. yeah, you're right. Are, how are you benefiting? Are you is there any benefit from you censoring that? Right. If so let's you know, and we now we all have to just discern. We have to we have to take everything with a grain of salt. You just can't believe it. Almost anything that you hear, you got to like reserve it a little bit and not totally believe it. And you know, maybe look at a bunch more sources. And if they kind of they don't know each other, but they're saying the same kind of thing, you can you know that to me that's how things start to resonate for me. I hear something from one person over here. Journalists, I, I like independent journalists, and and then I know some journalists that that person does not talk to, and then I hear the same thing from over there, and then I might hear it from another couple people, and that kind right. of confirms it for me. I'm like, okay, why? Well, I, I feel a little bit more solid about believing that particular statement. Yeah, it, it seems like sifting through nonsense and getting to a kernel of what you feel like is probably truth is a lot of work these days. But I don't think that's a that's a uh, a brand new thing that we're we're pioneering. I think that's always been the case to some degree. Um, so the idea that, uh, or to, to to think like, oh, it's a lot of work to find the truth. Um, that's probably always been the case, and a worthwhile endeavor if you truly care, right? Like it's easy just to sit back and just go like, oh, I don't vote, or I vote, but I don't really care, or just kind of like a. Uh, half interested at best uh, political participant or society participant um, is that apathetic stance to take is um, almost more more dangerous or or shittier than taking no part at all um, because that apathetic participant is so easily swayed by surface information and not willing to spend any time to find enough information or cross check or, or look into things a little further, just kind of lazy interestedness, um, is, is so much easier to be manipulated by these networks who make a living off manipulating your, your thoughts and behavior. So. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta look at many different sources. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I, you just can't. That's that's, that's a hard thought to go down because you're saying like, okay, so some people aren't willing to put an effort to, to learn enough to be, uh, uh, trusted participants or equal participants. And then where does that lead? Uh, okay. You've got to qualify to vote. Now you've got to meet some minimum requirement of interestedness or effort or information to participate in our, in our, uh, society that can't be, um, even though it already is to some extent, uh, those are touchy subjects, um, voter suppression or, or all those sorts of things. Um, but it's obvious that someone who spends a lot of time reading, researching, asking questions is a much better voter than someone who just gets their news from Facebook and only participates every four years when it's time to cast a vote for president. 
you know, I, I think that um, we're, we're, we may be entering a time where things uh, potentially could get difficult. And, you know, we were talking about more of the inflation kind of situation. And then I gave you my personal kind of belief as to why I think that could could be happening. You know, I, I can't put all my eggs in that basket, but right. I could see that happening. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, I don't know where it's going, but I think that the pain we, we may need to experience a little pain before we before the average person becomes interested and what's going on on a broader sense. Mm. And yeah. um, we yeah, may be in for that. Uh, yeah, it's looking that way. Things don't seem to be improving on a socially divided uh, front. So we'll see what that looks like. You know, people throw around the uh, um, the idea of civil war, whatever that would look like these days. Um, but uh, I hope not. But we'll see. Society will uh, convulse. And he even retract in lots of different ways over periods of time, and and uh, shit like that happens. So I certainly don't hope tragedies like that occur. Um, it's bad for everything, um, but uh, you know it just kind of is what it is. I don't I don't know that I'm in a position to um, you know uh, prevent or or push it. So. I guess I'm just kind of spectating, and I'll play my small role, and I'll give my opinion and learn as much as I can. But uh, stuff like that on a scale like that is is uh, uh, crazy. It's awe-inspiring. It's, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we will. We will. Mm. Um, yeah, who knows? And history does repeat itself in certain ways. Sure. The one, there, there's a couple ways, though, that is um, unprecedented. With which one is, uh, first of all, we have the internet. Uh, number two right. is that um, we there's more people on this planet than there ever has been. Mm-hmm. I mean, as we, as far as we know, ever, <laughs> which sure. is uh, just really an interesting uh, situation that we're set up for. I feel yeah. all dire now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I want I, I want to enjoy my Friday, but. It does get, there really is no way to not get depressing, you know, when you start talking uh, about this stuff because. Well, yeah, this stuff, but then it's so much easier, like we just talked about, to retreat back into your, your direct sphere of influence and involvement where it's just kind of yeah. like, yeah, all this is crazy. Um, I play such a small role in the outcome and I, I do intend to participate. I'll certainly give my opinion and participate every chance I have, but I'm not going to let it uh, capitalize my thinking. So I am going to retreat back into my my comfort sphere which is my family and my friends my community and uh just kind of focus on enjoying my boys and my wife this weekend and uh doing my job um and that's about it right i mean yeah really it comes down to like all yeah man that's all crazy shit dude it's nuts out there uh it's almost lunchtime what sounds good for lunch (laughs) yeah we can't lose sight of uh, our life absolutely it's so true you you can't get so caught up yeah, you can get so caught up in, in uh, yeah. I call it the constituents. Usually Ooh. when I, when, I know it's a big, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, okay, here's the constituents. Like you're saying, you know, you're at home with your family, you're in your comfort circle, all the, the plethora of things that you can imagine that are existing, quote unquote, out there. You know, those are like the constituents. Anyway, I don't even right. know why I'm bringing this up, but <laughs> I always, uh, Given you an insight into my lexicon, I guess. 
Yeah, no, it's it's interesting because yeah, it is it is very uh, uh, expansive and daunting to start thinking about all that kind of shit, and then at the end of it, you just come down to like, yeah, man, that's all nuts. I'm hungry. I um, <laughs> I'm gonna speaking go eat. Of, speaking of lexicon. I think I know what's at the root of your lexicon. At the root of my lexicon? Yes. Do tell. <laughs> Can't wait to find out. I want to rock. I want to rock. Oh, man. That, that right yeah. there. Right? Now you're going to be singing that for a month or two, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm totally that way. You know, dude, it's interesting. Like... Uh, <laughs> My own jukebox in my head plays such a huge role in my own life, and no one knows it. Uh, like, almost everything I'm doing, I've got a soundtrack going on in the back of my head, and I'm always singing to myself. I don't know if everyone's like this uh, or as much as me, but um, there's always some song going on in my head. I'm always tapping my foot. Everything's got a backbeat. Um, and uh, you know what else I'm that way with is fucking movie quotes. Uh, as I go through life and I interact with people and things, uh, everything sparks a, a reminiscence of a movie quote or a movie scene or something from a movie. Yeah. And I only say a small fraction of them out loud. Um, so when something's really funny or really poignant or really relevant, I'll kind of be like, oh, that reminds me of a movie. And uh, I'll say it and the person may or may not agree or enjoy what I said. But for every, for every hey, I heard that in a movie... Uh, I say out loud, I've thought at least 20. Funny. For me, the um, the movie that comes up all the time, and I'm not a big movie watcher, but Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So many relevant quotes and situations in that movie where things in just the regular everyday weirdness of life remind you of something that happened in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, that's just one of the... It's, it's got to be one of the most quotable. Yeah, I mean, for me, of course. But you know, what movie for me is one of the most quotable and comes up so much is uh, Major League. Oh, Did you Major watch that League. Movie? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Where Charlie Sheen is the uh, the bad boy pitcher, and uh, Wesley Snipes is the uh, super fast base stealer, and uh, Pedro Serrano, which is the um, oh god, he does commercials now. What commercial does he do? Capital One or something? Uh, or oh no, Allstate. He's the Allstate guy. The big black dude with a bald head, and he's got like a, a deep voice. Uh, and he'll say like, "Are you in good hands?" He's that guy. Oh right, uh, yeah. And he you had Charlie around. Sheen in that movie too. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, Charlie Sheen was great, and fucking Roger Dorn, and I love that movie. Uh, for anyone who's listening and hasn't seen that movie, this is probably very boring to you, but you should go watch the movie. Major League's awesome. Do yourself a favor. I haven't seen that one in a while. One of my other quotable ones is Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah, yeah. All, all kinds of Adam Sandler movies because they're just so stupid and hilarious. Uh, like even um, like Billy Madison, you know, and um, some of those movies are fucking super quotable. Yeah. Like, yeah, you'll say something like, price is wrong, bitch. That, That's that can right. apply to many, many situations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you know, think yeah, about Major I- League... Has there ever been a movie that was more great and more hilarious, followed by a sequel that was so shitty and not funny at all? Has there ever been such a divide between the original and following? I don't know. I you didn't see. Major League I haven't 2? seen the sequel. No, no, I haven't seen okay. the sequel. They did something inexcusable. Um, well, lots of things were bad, but the, the one thing that is uh, inexcusable is. Um, 
they they made it like PG or PG-13. So the first major league is all bad language and bad situations. It's totally rated R. It's very edgy. It's absolutely hilarious. And then the next one is virtually a Disney version of Major League where they won't cuss and it's like super PG humor. Um, and it just makes it an already bad movie. It just makes it atrociously bad. And not bad in a fun way where you're like, oh, this movie's so terrible, I love it. Like, no, just terrible, terrible. I never want to see this again kind of bad. That's That's just stupid. Yeah, why, it, it, why? I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know who was involved in that decision-making process, but they should be fired. They ruined what could have been a hilarious franchise. I'm looking up right now the um, worst uh, sequels of all time, mm. and this is true. Little Fockers too. Uh, Remember? Um, yeah, that was really bad. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah, Ben Stiller's an interesting one. Like, he's a weird like actor where his movies are kind of i don't know dude i don't want to say i don't like him that's not true i think he's funny but he's not funny but he he's really funny i don't know how to describe it that sounds stupid but it's his facial expressions too it's the people acting around him that are playing off of him who i think are more funny than he is but he's a huge part of that right so he's funny but i don't find him funny I don't know how to put my thumb on it. I love his I think movies. It's, yeah, I think it's his overall character. Like, his overall right. character is just kind of just... I find it easy to laugh at because he's always plays like kind of... Well, not always, but in, in Meet the Fuckers, he plays that innocent kind of guy that yeah. just doesn't know any better. He has best Very intentions. unaware of what's going on around. Yeah, he's a little naive. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he funny. gets... You know, and he's a nice guy, and he gets in these situations where you can relate, where you feel like, oh, that's... Right. That does suck to be in that situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like like zipping your ball sack up in your zipper, something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. terrible. <laughs> that's a bummer. I hate when that happens. Oh, here it is. Number 24 is Major League 2. 24? 23 sequels were deemed worse than Major League 2? Yeah. Wow. G- give me the top, like, few. Like, what? What? what the number one is, uh, is Little Fockers. No, no, that little fuckers was way up there. Number one is uh, Sugar Babies, Baby Geniuses too. Never heard of it. Oh, uh, okay. Like for it, for it to be so highly rated, I would have needed to have heard of the original uh, feature before I pass judgment on the following feature. Thank you. Yeah, they don't have. Um, yeah, the top ones aren't so hot. I mean, they have Police Academy Four is number five. That's like oh, one come of the on. first ones. By the time you get to four. Uh, these rules yeah. no longer apply. <laughs> like, it's number four. Give it a break. It's just, I think I remember seeing that. That is a super shitty movie. Yeah. Super shitty. But it's probably, it's probably not even the original cast by the fourth uh, time around, right? I mean, Could be, I imagine uh, Hightower and Mahoney are not in Police Academy after four movies. They've probably moved on to being policemen at that point. So uh, it's a whole bunch of unknowns and B rates and, and all that. By the time you get to four, this this list does not apply. That's not fair. Highlander 2 is here. It's 0%. Mm. That's number never, four. Never saw it. Uh, Mortal Kombat, Annihilation, mm. uh, Robocop yeah. 3. That's another, another three. All right. Robocop was an awesome movie. Speed uh, 2. That was pretty shitty. Speed oh, 2. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. What number is that? Two. Number two. Oh, no, no. Mm. It's number 15. Another oh, thing. wow. Okay. Yeah, that's different. Um, but, 
Yeah, Speed 2 was pretty bad. Um, RoboCop, man. That's a movie that just didn't hold up. It's better in my yeah. memory than, like, that's one when you're sitting around on a Sunday and you're flipping around TV and you catch RoboCop on, like, TBS or some cable channel. You watch it just out of nostalgia. Like, oh, I love RoboCop. And you throw it on and you're just kind of like, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's it's uh, The graphics are terrible, right? Like, it, it's just not uh, as awesome as it was when you first saw it. That is a great way to watch movies, though, because when you're flipping around the channels and you land on something, yeah. and it's something you would have never watched before. You would never sit like, down and go, I want to watch RoboCop. And you I'm going to plan my day around RoboCop at 2 o'clock. That's never happening. But when you flip around and it's only like 15 minutes in, you're just like, score, this is what I'm doing for the next hour and a half. And they and it might have a, some good scenes, you know, but you yeah. wouldn't pick it because it's, you know, one star out of five. But, but that like doesn't mean because... you can't enjoy it. But I think you're liking it because it's nostalgic for you, you right? You're, you're remembering how much you like it more than it is actually good. Maybe, whatever. What difference does it make? If you're enjoying it, you're enjoying it. Who cares why you're enjoying it? Yeah. You know what other one is like that for me? I was flipping around, same thing. Uh, and Ace Ventura was on. And it was one of those where I was actually scrolling through the guide. So you kind of see just lists of what's on. And Ace Ventura was on. So before I actually flipped it on, I saw Ace Ventura, and I was like, oh, hell yeah, I like Ace Ventura. That's funny. Uh, flipped it on, watched it for a few, and eh, maybe it was the mood I was in, but uh, yeah, not as funny as I remember it. Some of those things, they don't they don't hold up over time, too. It, it didn't feel, I mean, I want to say it was me. I, I Like, it's not you, it's me kind of thing. <laughs> uh, I, I want to love Ace Ventura, but I didn't that day. I was just kind of like, eh. Oh, you just you just said the quote that I despise when I read reviews. What? You ever it's read, not you, it's me. Well, no, it's a little bit worse than that one. It's um I just wanted to love it. I really wanted to love this restaurant. I wanted to love it. I wanted to wanted to love it. I just want to like shut up. Like you why know? did you want to love it so much? It was either good or it wasn't. What's all this? What's all this neediness? Because they feel bad, or they're trying to act like they feel bad about leaving a shitty review. I really wanted to love it, but I just had to give it a one star. But I just, I wanted to love it. I wanted to love it, but I just didn't. Like, hmm, all right. I, don't I know wanted if I to like you. you. I wanted to like your review, but uh, I just didn't. Yeah, it's just unfunny. Mm. Anything else on that list that stands out? No, but the annoying things in reviews, another one is love, love, love. I just love, 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 you, love, love. You read a lot of reviews? I don't know that I do. Yeah, yeah, I read a lot of reviews. You know I what I like? I like? I like blurbs uh, on books and on movie uh, jackets, which I don't see a lot of movie jackets anymore because everything's streaming. But when you watch something, I, I not only like what people say in blurbs, like best action thriller since Tombstone or whatever they say is less important to me than, than who they are, like who they're citing. Uh, and it's really fun when you get some fucking abstract, who the fuck is that guy or who the fuck is that magazine quote on there? Um, you know, like, uh, best film of the year. And then the uh, attribution is like Washington guardian. And you're like, who the fuck is that? Like, why, why do I care what they think? You know, I mean, when it's yeah. like the New York yeah. Times or fucking 
Roger Ebert or something, like, okay, that's got some weight behind it. I, I care if Roger Ebert says it's the best film of the year. Um, but uh, who the fuck is Washington Guardian? Or, like, whatever yeah. it is, you know? I don't know. For some reason, I find pleasure in that. Just like, all right, you think it's great, but who are you to tell me? So I have a big box of uh, empty DVD cases. I'm just going to send them over to you if you don't mind. Uh, just take a picture. I don't need the actual. <laughs> I don't need the case. <laughs> I'm going to send you all the boxes. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. It's only like a large moving box. That's, that's good. <laughs> oh, yeah. good. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, my God. You're like, damn it. I like blurbs. I do. I love reading the back of books, too, where it gives a quick summary of what the book's about and then a few blurbs from people. Like, I, I really like those. I don't know why. Uh, I, I like do that, too, sometimes. Like reviews. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. Rev- I read a lot of reviews on products, like when I'm buying something online uh, and you see something has, oh, 700 reviews. Like, sometimes I'll read a fucking lot of them. Uh, and um, I don't know why I care what other people think of things. Uh, I guess I'm fishing for useful information where someone's going to say like, hey, these shoes are really great, but uh, they're really narrow. If you have narrow feet, don't buy these shoes. Or if you have wide feet, don't buy these shoes or something like, oh, okay, that's useful. My feet aren't wide, but if they were, I appreciate that piece of info. Um, But like people's reviews where they're just kind of like, yeah, I didn't really like them. The material uh, wasn't what I was expecting or the color wasn't exactly like the, the picture and that kind of thing. Like, I don't care. Your, your opinion is useless to me. Um, so I'm a little judgy on my review perusing. How about you? Yeah, my annoyance is when people buy something, like they'll buy an air conditioner and they'll say like, oh, when I got here, it was the box was broken. You know, or it, it was You're something like that, that helps was, me none. Yeah, it was like something logistical about the order. You know, yeah, or one they star. The, you know. It took forever to get here. Mailman lost it. Like, uh, all right, that's like your problem. You know? Yeah, yeah. You're talking about the process. You're not talking about the air conditioner. Like, come right. on, get, right? Get. <laughs> I like the ones where the person reviews it before they use it. You ever, you ever fucking oh, read one yeah. of those? Oh, yeah, I've seen him do that. Got it, yeah. got it, received it, it looks fantastic. Haven't used it yet, will update <laughs> once used. Like, that's your review? You were so excited about it, you reviewed it before you even used it? That's, that is weird, man. And on the question and answers, too, when they have, like, the question and answer section, somebody <laughs> ask a question, they'll say, hey, do you know what the dimensions of the bottom part are? No, I don't. I didn't get it yet. <laughs> you ever see shit like that? I'm like, shut up. I'm not asking you. Yeah, I'm asking somebody that freaking has it. Hey, hey, uh, anyone out there who's measured this thing? Do you know the measurements? Nope, sorry, haven't measured it. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I see that a lot. It's Thanks, so Pete annoying. Zero one. Yeah, appreciate it. That's helpful, man. I don't know if if it's just somebody that's smart that's fucking with people or if it's somebody that's really stupid that's just... I think it's someone with a bad sense of humor and nothing to do. That could be, yeah. I like the ones where people ask stupid questions in those and someone gives a really smart-ass, hilarious answer. That's that's awesome and entertaining. Yeah, you know, that reminds me of... um, There's a... A new Tom Green that my brother showed me. Whoa. It's he's called Ed Bassmaster, I think. I gotta look him up. <laughs> All right. And he just you know, he's got balls of still. He'll just what like Tom Green, dude. I just I love that. I love it when they just get reactions from people and people get pissed off. Another one we were watching that was so funny is Jackass. 
And did you see that one where they have the air horn and they're hiding in the bushes where people are fucking about to take their stroke, their golf stroke, their tee? Oh, off? yeah, 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 totally. They're such assholes, dude. It's so great. Yeah, yeah and then, like, right in their back swing, it's like, brrrr. And then, and then one and of golfers, the guys. They, they, they take it seriously, so they get, like, genuinely mad. Yeah, they get they got so pissed, and then one guy, he, he was so pissed off because then he tried to. Hit, they did it to everybody in that group, and then I guess in the third guy that that came up there, he went up there and they did it to him, of course. And then and then he started aiming his golf balls at them in the bushes. Oh yeah, and yeah. they're so crazy. Like as they're getting pelted with these balls, they're laughing their ass off. They think oh. it's the funniest thing in the world. And then while the guy's about to swing and hit the ball to hit them, they're still in, in the air horn in his backswing. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, you're not you're not going to uh, chase those guys off so easily. Those guys are uh, – they're sticking fucking snakes down their pants and, and uh, you know, jumping out of airplanes naked. They're Dro- Dropping beehives into a limo of where yeah. their friends are at, locking the doors. Dude, yeah, they're locking their <laughs> – Exactly. Yeah, they're not. They're not afraid of your golf ball, sir. I hate to tell you this. As a matter of fact, they could beat you. Yeah, you could beat them down to a pulp, and they wouldn't even mind. No, it'll make it into the fucking final cut. Yeah. No, they're like, oh, this is great. Thank you. (laughs) My favorite jackass uh, scenario they did was when they had a little picture hanging on the wall that had print on it, and the print got smaller and smaller, so you had to get closer and closer to the picture to read what was being said. And as you got all the way to the bottom of the line where it's super small print and someone had to get really close to it to see, they punched a boxing glove through the picture and hit him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) It was so great because just person after person would read this thing and have to get really close to it. You knew it was coming and you're just like, oh, they're going to do it. Pow! And just get smacked in the fucking nose with a boxing glove. And then the best one was when Wee Man did it, they had to put a chair uh, in front of the picture because he's so short. So he's standing on a chair and reading this thing and gets super close. And then the glove comes through it and slugs him in the face and knocks him <laughs> off the chair. And it's just, dude, it's so juvenile and stupid and awesome. It's just great, man. Those guys are fucking hilarious. They deserve every penny they ever made off that. They do. I saw Johnny Knoxville in a restaurant in uh, L.A. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah he, seems, he was uh, uh, yeah. He seems like a cool guy. He seems like just some fucking out out there guy who's just had so much success. But I don't know that it's changed him. He's probably still just a fucking goofball. That's what it seemed like, I think. Like, he was just... I mean, I, who knows? I don't know. I mean, it would be interesting to talk to him. He's from Knoxville, you know. Oh, that, well, that makes sense. Johnny Knoxville, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had heard a story, and I don't remember who told it to me. I think it was my buddy Robbie. Remember our old bass player, Rob? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it was him. And he had said that he ran into Johnny Knoxville or saw him coming out of a store or something. And the story was basically like, hey, I saw Johnny Knoxville coming out and he was holding his kids' hands. Like, I, I, I pictured two, I don't know, six year old kids or some young kids. And uh, he goes, it was so cool because he walked out of the store and he was holding his two kids' hands and they all just started skipping across the parking lot. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Just totally who gives a shit, kind of goofy, dead, you know, fun. Just like, why not? We're skipping. You know, I was just kind of like, yeah, I like that guy. He seems cool. Well, you know, I sat next to Larry David one time oh, in a wow. restaurant. Oh, and man. My wife and I were kind of going crazy. You know, we were really into Curb Your Enthusiasm at the time, watching him re- religiously. Oh, yeah. And he can tell when somebody is like, uh, likes him you know because we were like oh my gosh oh my gosh it's great. Larry David and you know sure and he was 
he was actually facing us, like our table. He could see us talking, like, and he was with a woman, and it was at this restaurant called Joe's. It was a really nice restaurant in Abbott County, and um, Venice. And he um, he could tell we were talking about him. And what's funny, he he took a spoon and he like you know when you like heat heat it up with your mouth and you stick it on your nose. He was yeah. balancing the spoon on his nose. He was doing a trick for us. I think. Wow. He's I think just he was fucking with you. He's just like hey, I think you he see was something. Because it was only us and him in the restaurant at the time. That was it. And like, we were just like, oh my God, it's Gary David. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. And then, yeah, next thing you know, we like look up, you know, he's, I think he was like showing his date, like, hey, watch this, watch. I'm going to get these guys all like, I I wish I talked to him, you know, because I just, I'm such a fan. He's a funny guy. I'd almost be afraid of talking to Larry David. Like, I'm going to end up uh, being spoofed on his show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You yeah. can tell, like, he just uses his everyday interactions as fodder for his show. And uh, uh, he, he would be, he'd be a hilarious guy to, like, live next door to. That, you know, you don't want to, like, hang out for a long period of time. Although he seems cool enough for that. But it would be fine just to interact with him on a frequent, fleeting basis. Like, oh, yeah, I see Larry David all the time. You would probably have a lot of funny little stories about him, like, taking out the trash or getting the mail. Or just the weird little mundane shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he'd be hilarious. Well, yeah, I don't like note, being that guy. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I don't like oh, being that guy that interrupts people. people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to oh, be that guy. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I've always been uncomfortable with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's an insecurity on my own part or a, uh, a courteousness where I'm just like, yeah, the guy's eating dinner. I don't, I don't want to go bother him. You know, I think maybe I also don't want to be shot down and made to look stupid like a little fanboy. Yeah. Um, like, I'd like to go say hi. We'd probably get along. You might even like me, but I don't want to go over and presume that and interrupt your fucking dinner and, and uh, eh, no. Yeah, if your idol Larry David shot you down, that would suck. Yeah, yeah, you're going to ruin you're gonna ruin Larry David for me, Larry David, so I don't want to go give you the chance to <laughs> make me like you less. I'll just look at you from afar and uh, wish I had talked to you, but I won't talk to you. If I didn't buy your box set, I wouldn't. I would talk to you, but I yeah. got too much to lose here. Yeah, yeah. If I was less of a fan, I'd go talk to you, but I don't want to risk it. I like your shit, and I want to keep liking it. Yeah. Oh man. All right, D. Well, I better run. Always fun. Cool, man. All right. Good to talk to you, brother. Say hi to yeah, the family. Right? All right, brother. All right. All see right, you, man. man. All Take right. it easy, bro. Later. Right. <laughs> Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate you joining us. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app. And for more episodes and info, check out DerekandMike.com. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.